afternoon, Regeneration Church. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We worship you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. Would y'all stand with me, please? I have to say something um, to the online congregation as well as to the people that are in the room who were not here last Sunday. I realize that a lot of families have, you know, gatherings on Easter Sunday. But if you did not hear last week's Easter message, you have got to go online and watch it because it was the best Easter service that I have ever, ever heard. And I've been alive quite a few years, but don't ask me how many, that's none of your business. But anyway, uh, it was wonderful. So please, please, please watch the entire service. It was just anointed from start to finish, but the word of the Lord out of our own Pastor Kent Christmas was amazing. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. So I was up this morning earlier than my normal time I get up praying. And you know, the power of the gospel is in the simplicity of Christ. And God just gave me one scripture for the opening of the service that I was asked to do. And it's this one. The psalmist declared in Psalm 122, one. He said, about it is so good I was so glad we're so glad today we're so glad for those of you online we're so glad to come into the house of the Lord and I want you to know that that this church like I, I do a countdown to get here every Sunday at 3 o'clock because there is a powerful move of God going on in this place and we just decree for you that are online, there's no time or distance in the spirit. And we thank you, Lord, that today your word will not return unto you void, but it will go forth in power and it will accomplish what you send it to accomplish. So we are so glad, Lord, to hear you say that today is the day that the Lord has made and we have come together in the house of the Lord. And we thank you for the unity of the anointing of God that flows from the top down to the bottom. So we decree that we are under the authority of our great pastors, Kent and Candy Christmas. And from that place, the anointing flows down and the last verse says, and there the Lord commanded the blessing. So we just decree unity over this house in Jesus' name. I take authority over anything that would try to divide. And we just release the powerful healing power of signs, wonders, and miracles in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for Jasmine. I thank you for the presence of God coming, the worship team. And we just give you permission. We give you permission. Holy Spirit, have your way in the service today. And we decree it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on and put your hands together for Jesus. Come on, he's worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name, Jesus.
whatever you feel in your heart to say to your Father, let it erupt from the depths of your soul. Oh, Jesus, we call on your name. There is no other. There is no other. Nobody like. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more. I want more. 
wonderful day to be in the presence of the Lord, right? Are you glad you're here? Wouldn't want to be any other place. Well, you may be seated. I have a few announcements. There are so many incredible and wonderful things about to happen in the life of regeneration that I need to spend about a week with y'all to just tell you everything that's about to happen. But watch your email this week because you're going to get an email with lots of things, way, ways to register for this, that, and the other, and you're just going to love everything. But I'm going to tell you a few things today. First, May the 7th is our day of prayer. How many of you have been to a day of prayer? How many of you out-of-town guests have been to a day of prayer here? Well, if you can come, I want you to be here with that. It is so special to gather in this room right here and come together and just pray about what God is doing in your families, in the church. Just come together in unity and pray for what's about to happen, what he's leading us to. So come, it'll be 9.30 to 10.30. And then after that, we get to have a party. We're going to be celebrating our little sweet Mavis Blue that's on her way. So that morning, that we will celebrate. And then on May the 15th, we are going to celebrate all the high school graduates and all the college graduates. Are you graduating this year? Maybe. Okay, get in touch with Pastor Nicholas because he has some really cool things he's planning for that day. So we want to make sure that we know that you're graduating. That's a very big deal in your life, so we want to celebrate with you. Now, this is something that you guys have really been talking to me about, and that is a new member class. Yay! On June the 5th, yes, you can clap. On June the 5th, we are going to start a, a new member class. It's called Renew. And I kind of like that name because if you're a member and you've kind of forgotten what we teach and believe here, that's a good place for us to gather back together and study for a few weeks about our core values. We'll also um, discover what our spiritual gifts are. So we want you to register, and you can register even today. So go online and register for the newcomers class June the 5th and be a part of that. How many is going to join me there? Come on. I need more new members. <laughs> it's time for us to celebrate bringing our tithes and the offering to the Lord. That does, yes, that is a time that we should clap. God has done so much for us, and there's a scripture that means so much to me, and I know it means a lot to you. And I know that everyone knows it. And there's so many valuable lessons in this one scripture. And it's John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He loves us so much that he gave us the best. He gave us his son. And we are celebrating that 
and he blesses us every single day. Every day that we live, there are blessings in our lives that we can be thankful for. So we want to bring our tithes and our offerings to him today, whether it's by text messaging or online, whatever way that you're going to give today. Come today in celebration. Come with praise about what God is doing in your life. Give from a joyful heart and give with a grateful heart because he gave us the best. And one thing to remember, you are blessed to be a blessing. So let's stand. Let's read together our declaration. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me because God loves to see me prosper. I am believing him for advancements. God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedoms and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, will you serve the people? If you're still standing, why don't you find somebody and hug their neck? Just say hello to the person next to you if you want to. We're a friendly church. Hello there, Regeneration Nashville. If no one's told you they love you today, I want to be the first. I love you. So glad you're here. It's wonderful to worship with you today and to have the privilege of doing that. We're just so happy that you are here. And uh, so I, um, I want to echo what Pastor Linda said. We're excited about our new members class. And I think somewhere in all that there's food. I do. So I'll let her tell you about that sometime. But anyway, I'm excited about the new members class. So uh, anyway, and I'm excited about the, um, the baby shower on the 7th of May. You are cordially invited uh, to come and celebrate Miss Mavis Blue. So uh, just, just very exciting times ahead. So I met some folks from, uh, let's see, my husband said he met some folks that drove all the way from Des Moines, Iowa today to be here. Where are you? Please stand and let us welcome you. Glad to have you here at Regeneration Nashville. Welcome. And okay, so I know I'm going to mess this up. Paint, Paintersville? Paint, Paintsville. They paint over there in Kentucky, I guess. Stand up, Paintsville, Kentucky. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else from Kentucky in the house today that we could acknowledge? Stand up and let us welcome Kentucky. Stand up. Let us welcome you. Glad to have you. Yes. Thank you. We have one dear brother that drives from Russellville, Kentucky every Sunday, and he makes literally the best chocolate pie I've ever eaten in my life. Right there, Brother Roy. So we have people that drive from long distances to be a part of Regeneration Nashville. And so where are you from? Alabama. 
Decatur, Alabama. Any, any Alabama folk in the house that we can well, everybody from Alabama, stand up, let us welcome you. Yeah, so glad to have you here. Yes, thank you. Who else am I missing? California? Stand up, California, let us welcome you. Glad to have you. Amen. Minnesota, welcome, Minnesota. Glad to have Minnesota. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord with us today. Who else am I missing? Texas, stand up, Texas. Stand up, amen, welcome. So um, I'm saving the best for last right here. There, I, I just want to uh, make you aware of this precious friend of mine, uh, Ingrid Huddleston. She came here, well, actually her husband came here and said, I came alone, but I'm requesting prayer for my wife. She had stage four, stage four cancer, is that right? Say? Yes, stand up. I want to see how pretty. Do you have cancer in your body today? Did Jesus heal you? Isn't that awesome? Yeah, come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We text all the time. She's on my, my prayer list on my phone. I pray for her, and I, I call her my Ingrid, my Ingrid. So we're, we're honored to have you and Mike with us today. So did I miss anybody else? Mississippi. Stand up, Mississippi. Let us welcome you. Yes, I met you earlier. So glad you're here. Thank you. Virginia. Stand up, Virginia. Amen. I apologize. Where are you from? Kansas. Stand up, Kansas. So glad to have you in the house today. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, sir. Ohio. Wow. Stand up, Ohio. We're glad you're here. Yes, sir. Canada. What part of Canada? Ottawa. Stand up, please. Let us welcome you. We're honored to have you. Yes. Anybody else? St. Louis, Missouri. Stand up, St. Louis. Glad you're here. God bless you. Amen. I heard one other over here. Arizona. Stand up, Arizona. Welcome to good old humidity in Nashville, Tennessee. Glad to have you. We're just so glad to have the body of Christ come together. I, I love it when we get together as a family. And it's just so amazing because I meet people from all over the country. And, and it's like uh, we've never met before, but instantly we just love each other because I see Jesus in you. And it's so great, so wonderful. So uh, before my husband comes to speak, we have a very... Uh, uh, distinguished guest to uh, sing for us today and she is singing a very special song for uh, that that I requested I love this lady she has had multiple billboard hits to her credit she has uh, sang and played uh, music in secular the secular genre and I honor her because she takes Jesus wherever she goes she's full of the Holy Ghost make welcome Rebecca Lynn Howard ain't no grave gonna hold my body down yeah 
on. Amen. All right. We'll do this again. I want to say happy birthday to Rebecca. Amen. And um, my, my goal is to sing like Rebecca and play the piano like Channing. Amen. You be seated. I also, before we get into this word today, I want to say uh, welcome to uh, great pastor friends Fred and Valerie Bennett from Memphis, Tennessee. So thrilled to have you. They drove from Memphis today to be here. Um, I preached for them several times. We had some great church, uh, wonderful men and women of God, and she is a living testimony also that cancer doesn't always win. So, uh, there's something unusual going on in the spirit today. Um, I'm at war in the Holy Ghost. I can feel it. Um, been the line, I draw the line today. We've been pushed back, backed up, taunted, challenged, had enough. Hallelujah. I'm declaring war today in the spirit on the enemy in this building. For the last month, hell's come against our church personally, and I'm just putting you on notice. Mess with this church, and God's going to get you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mess with this nation, and God's going to get you. I just, the enemy wants war, then we're going to give them war in the Holy Ghost. And I can tell you right now, when you read the end of the book, we don't lose. We triumph. We win. That's why the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
and this is as far as we back up. I'm tired of being in the corner. I'm tired of being challenged. Hallelujah. We, by the power of the Holy Ghost, are declaring in the name of Jesus that we have authority by believers in the power of God that whatever we bind, God binds, and whatever we loose, God loses by the power of the Holy Ghost. So if the enemy wants to challenge us, bring it on. Hallelujah. Because we do have authority in the power of God. Sometimes you just had enough. Second Samuel 22, 2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Psalms 4017, but I am poor and needy, yet the Lord <clears throat> thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Psalms 144.2, my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and the one in whom I take refuge who subdues people under me. The horse in Proverbs 21, 31 is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is from the Lord. Romans eleven twenty six. so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion. In Psalm 62, 1 and 2, truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Since God has had a people, there's always been a need for deliverance and a deliverer. The mistake that the enemy is making right now in the earth is he thinks that there will be no repercussions for what he has done. But I think of a verse that says this, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. There is a negative and a positive to that verse. For the righteous, it's a positive. For the ungodly, it's a negative. Whatever you put in the ground is coming up. You sow discord, you're going to get discord. You sow rebellion, you're going to get rebellion. You sow harassment, you're going to get harassment. You sow godliness, you're going to reap godliness. You sow prayer, you're going to reap answered prayers. You sow faith, you're going to reap divine healing and glory and retribution for the kingdom of the Lord. But don't ever think for a moment that you can just waltz through life and do whatever you want, say whatever you want, usurp authority whenever you want, and you can get away with it because God is not mocked. So the title of our message today is Deliverance and Deliverers. 
because there's always been a need for deliverance and deliverers. Sometimes it's because God's people have fallen into sin and God has allowed them to go into captivity. I have always, I've noticed this, that God deals much more severely with people that know better than people that don't know better. One of the reasons that there has been some judgment withheld from the earth is because some of the people that are perpetrating what we're seeing in the earth don't know any better. Now, I think most of them do. I believe there's a difference between being stupid and just being evil. And I will say this, that there is an element of men in the earth right now that know exactly what they're doing and they are seeding the atmosphere for evil to be released. We look at the dilemma that we are in, in the earth, and I get emails from Canada, I get them from Switzerland, I get them from Germany, just different places, how different countries are so locked down. China, they've, they've reinserted the mass mandate, and it's just, the, the thing is crazy out there, what we're seeing, businesses that have forever been lost, billions of dollars that have forever gone, churches that have been just wounded almost uh, without any recourse. And we look at it and we think, my God, what's going on? But can I tell you that there, there has always been evil in the earth. There's always been the push for gender multiplicity. There's always been homosexuality. There's always been lesbianism. There's always been witchcraft. There's always been evil men who want to destroy humanity. It's always been there. The problem is they finally got in power. For years, they weren't in power. They had their agenda, but they were not in power. They did not hold offices. They weren't congressmen and senators and, and presidents and all of that, judges. They didn't own the large, large companies. But because the church got content, because we were a nation that embraced Jesus Christ, the blessing of the Lord came upon us. Whenever the blessing of God, the favor of God comes on you, there is also prosperity that comes with it. God rebukes the devourer, and so the nation prospers. And then what happens is there's, there's too many Christians that didn't have a good foundation when prosperity came, and they got drunk on their houses and their lake homes and their cars and their businesses, and it replaced Jesus Christ in their life. So it, as a result of that, intercession dried up. The call of warfare dried up. Churches got drunk on numbers and money and the glory of God lifted up and when that happened evil walked in took over our government our part our congress our politicians until they rule the earth and then we wonder God what's going on and now we're crying to the Lord for deliverance sometimes there has to be deliverance just because the devil hates God's people. And he's coming after you. 
I'm forever. I don't think there's ever a time that I'm not cognizant of the enemy coming after me. You know, you see me up here on the platform, you know, it's a great church, and I've got a cool shirt on, and... <clears throat> but I'm like most of you, I live in battle. This is not the real us right here. This is where we come together to get strength and praise God, and, and, and we... We get strength out of Jasmine's worship and Rebecca's singing and, and we get strength out of seeing so many different states come in the presence of the Lord. And we get strength from the anointing that God uses to preach through me. But can I tell you, if you don't have a foundation in God, you are not going to survive during the week. And so there are seasons where God says there's enough enough that's enough and all what you're feeling right now is there is a deliverance anointing being raised up not just in this nation but in the earth and God is saying I have heard the cries of my people and I will not leave you messing up I will not leave you depressed and discouraged I will not leave you pushed around and knocked around but God shows up in the midnight if you walk out of the grave, I'm walking too. So there can never be deliverance unless there is a deliverer. So I would like to draw your attention today to five great deliverers from the Scripture that God raised up to bring about great deliverance for his people. And the ones that God dropped in my spirit are Moses, David, Elijah, John the Baptist, and Jesus Christ. Deliverers and I'm, I fall into this category. Deliverers are always people that no one would ever pick. Whether it's a Gideon, a Deborah, God raises deliverers up from unexpected places. Moses came from the backside of the desert. David came from a pasture tending sheep. Elijah, no one really knows where he came from. He just showed up. John the Baptist came out of the wilderness. And Jesus Christ came out of a carpenter's shop. So God will pick men and women that other people overlook. The reason being is God's criteria for deliverers is different from men's criteria. We look at what kind of education do you have? What kind of connections do you have? Do you have charisma? Do you have great experience? But God will look on the heart, hallelujah, and he will say, do you know who I am? Do you love my calling? Is there an obedience in you? Do you understand that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? And when God finds men and women like that, he will put his stamp on them 
take them out of obscurity and set them on the pinnacle of exposure and say, deliver my people. So I, deliverers, you will find his greatest enemy will be two things, jealousy and hatred. Whenever God puts his hand on you and he shines a light on you, the devil can see you. The greatest enemy of the church is not from without, it's from within. I told my wife this, I said, the greatest enemy of the authentic is the counterfeit. Because it masks itself as the genuine when in reality it is the enemy. And so, for Moses, God raised him up to be a deliverer. His enemy was envy, jealousy. He said, well, I don't know about that. Sure, go back to it. The ones in his own house, Miriam and Aaron, came to him. It's amazing to me how people that are in church have no fear of God and think they can put their hand on God's things for their own promotion. And they came to Moses and they said, you know, you're just a little too big for your britches. You ain't the only one God talks to. In fact, we're older than you. Both of us are older than you. We've been raised in the same house. We got the same parents, the same education, the same pedigree. Who do you think you are just going around telling everybody what to do? Say, God heard that. Get prepared for it. If the hand of God is upon you, jealousy is coming after you and hatred. And it ain't from outside, it's from the inside. How did God handle it? He said, tell Aaron and Miriam to come over here. And God said, I'm going to show you what happens when you touch people that I put my hand on. And he smote Miriam with leprosy. Personally, I'd have killed them both. <laughs> I don't know how Aaron ever survived with all the stuff that he did. The moment, he, remember when he made that calf? I'd have killed him right there. I mean, my God, you're a high priest, have seen everything in Egypt, and then your brother's on the mountaintop in the midst of the glory of God, and God is betrothing himself to Israel, and you make them all naked and drunk and give them a golden calf and say, worship it, and God let him off the hook. Boy, that's mercy. And that wasn't the only thing he did. God smote Miriam with, with leprosy. And all of a sudden she looked. And Aaron starts to intercede. Says, please. It's really funny. The man that they wanted to challenge, God made him go to. And say, please do this, fix this for us. Luckily, Moses was a meek man. Because I know a lot of people have said, 
You asked for it. Now live with it. And God said, let her stay outside the camp for seven days, and then she can come back in. See, the enemy didn't want Moses. He was, because when you're challenged by family and friends that should be for you, it's more painful than when it comes from a stranger. David dealt with the same thing because the scripture says, and, and this was rooted because, remember the story that Samuel comes to Jesse's house and said, I'm going to anoint one of your sons as king. And Eliab, the Bible said, was really tall. And he, he resembled Saul. And Samuel thought God would pick somebody that was already like the king he was rejecting. And Eliab comes in, and he's saying, this is it. Samuel looked at him and said, not you. Next brother, not you, not you, not you, no, 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 not you. And then he looks at Jesse and says, you got to have another son because God told me to come and anoint, and God's saying that ain't being it. So I'm giving this story the background because when David comes in, he's like 16 years old, 15 years old, smells like sheep, hasn't ever done anything remotely unusual, and Samuel walks over to him and dumps a whole horn of oil on him and says, thus saith the Lord, you're king of Israel. And his brothers didn't, they didn't handle it well. Because when they go to battle and Jesse sins, David to his brothers, Eliab looked at him and he said, I know the deceit and the wickedness of your heart, and you just want to be here to see the battle. There was this hatred and this jealousy because deliverers always fight jealousy. The Bible says this about jealousy, it is as cruel as the grave. Outside of adultery, jealousy's probably broke up more marriages than anything else. It is an evil spirit. The next one was Elijah, and I'm going to have to give you a foundation here, but um, Elijah, he dealt with hatred from Jezebel. When God raises up deliverers, all of a sudden you find out who your friends are. You know, my wife and I were not broke anymore. And I noticed over the years when we were pitiful and broke and had a little tiny church or just evangelized and we only had one old van, we lived in an apartment, everybody liked us. And then when God, after 50 years, you know, begins to bless you and the fruit of what you've done for all those years begins to come up, all of a sudden there's all this animosity and, well, I don't know why they got that. Well, do what we did. And many of you, the same thing. You, God has to honor the law of sowing and reaping. And for Elijah, he fought hatred with Jezebel. The next one was John the Baptist. He also fought a spirit of hatred with Herodias. Because God raised him up to be a deliverer, and he was a preparer and a forerunner for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The last one that fought it was probably more than anybody. That was Jesus himself. The scripture says of Jesus that his own brothers didn't believe in him. It also says this, that he stood up and he said, I have no honor in my own country, amongst my own kin, and even in my own house. So deliverers fight that. The third thing that happens is the devil will always try to kill a deliverer. With Moses, the Bible said that Pharaoh issued an edict, kill every male baby that's born in Israel. Because he did not, hell did not want a deliverer to be born. And some of you might look back and wonder why you've been through some of the things you've been through. It's because there's a call of God on your life. When I was 17 years old and I answered the call to preach, after I wrestled with it, I did not want to be a preacher. I finally told the Lord I would preach. And three months later, me and another guy standing alongside the road got hit by a Greyhound bus. It broke my back, threw us both under the bus. Witnesses said that I shot back out the same way I went in. When the bus stopped, Cecil was dead underneath the wheels of the bus and my back was broken. I'm laying in snow. That was my introduction to being called to the ministry. In my early 20s, I fell into a core chipper. I was working as an apprentice millwright, and um, I was on a scaffolding, and I was doing some work, and the scaffolding collapsed and dumped me into a conveyor belt that takes the residue of logs into a, a chipper and chips it up into sawdust. It has a wheel that turns quickly with knives on it that grabs everything. My feet hit that wheel twice and it did not suck me into there. They saw it, shut it off, and I crawled out. I've been shocked by 440 volts of electricity. I had a core chipper or a, a plywood press claps around me and other men that sent several to the hospital. It did not touch me. I've been through divorce. I've been through debt. I've been through losing my son. And can I tell you, if you're going to move heaven and earth, you better get ready because hell is coming after you. He is going to try to kill you. And what you have to do is understand the call of God on your life and the mandate of God on your life. And if you're not ready to do war, if you're not ready 24 hours a day to plant your feet on the rock of ages and declare, come hell or high water, whatever God has put his hand on me to do I will do it no wonder we are defenders of the gospel and a defender of this house and a defender of this nation because this did not come cheap he went after Moses went after Elijah In fact, with David, the Bible said that Saul tried to kill him several times. With Elijah, Ahab put a death warrant on his head. In Matthew 14, Herod did cut off the head of John the Baptist. And in 37 BC, Herod initiated a murder of all infants in Bethlehem in an attempt to destroy the baby Jesus. 
No wonder there is such an attempt right now in the earth with these viruses that are being loose. It's because hell is trying to kill some men and women that they recognize has a hand of God on their life. It's going to make a difference and back the enemy up by the Holy Ghost. See, the enemy's not used to people like me and you. At the least little bit of ripple, they cave in and fall over and start weeping. No, sir. But we are not of those that draw back. Give me your best shot. But when it's over, we're still going to be standing by the power of the Holy Ghost. The devil is not your friend. He's your enemy. The lukewarm is not your friend. They're your enemy. Half the Christian community is not the friend of God. They're his enemy. you got to be blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled, all in. Nothing holding back, holding on to the things of the Lord. Deliverance also requires anointing. One of the reasons that we don't have much deliverance in America today is we don't have very many preachers that are anointed anymore. If I have to hear one more sermon on psychological stuff, I look at them and think, you need to get in the secular realm and be a psychiatrist. Get out of the pulpit. Because the devil uses psychology. He uses all that mess. And to be honest with you, most of the time, the only reason psychiatrists have any success rate is because if all they did was talk to them, nobody would get better. The only reason they get better is because they give them drugs. Give them an hour of counseling, and then they say, take this Valium, take this Prozac. Take this. When you get around the wonderful counselor, his name shall be called the wonderful counselor. There have been times when I was so overwhelmed and I went into prayer and I said, God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I get in the holy presence of the Lord. And when I come out, I don't need Prozac. I don't come out thinking, my God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold on. I come out and say like David, oh, I feel like I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. See, the word of the Lord is not based on your mind, but it is based on renewing your spirit. And when the Holy Ghost gets inside of your spirit, God lets you see things, hear things, know things, feel things, and change you forever. All five of these men had a, an encounter with anointing. Exodus 3, 5, Moses was anointed at the burning bush. 1 Samuel 16, 13, David was anointed by Samuel. Elijah was anointed by God. John the Baptist in Luke 1, 15 was anointed in the womb by the Holy Ghost. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four Gospels, Jesus was anointed at baptism. So, if you're going to make a difference in your family, in five-fold ministry, on the job, 
See, we, we think anointing is just for preachers. No, it's not. It's for every believer. The Bible says it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. That's why when Holy Ghost men and women sometimes get on a job, somebody will take an instant dislike to them. Never been a word exchanged. And you think, why don't they like me? It's because the anointing in you has riled the spirits that are in them. But you hang in there long enough and all of a sudden men begin to come to you at lunchtime and say, you know, something different about you. Can I talk to you? Or the, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but my marriage is in trouble. And see the anointing of God begins to bring something up in your spirit. Oh, hallelujah. There's liberty in this house today. I'm coming after hell with everything that we've got today. By the power of the Holy Ghost, we are releasing a liberty of the Lord. May there be a shout begin to come up out of your spirit. You need to get mad in the Holy Ghost and rise up by the power of God. Know who you are. Fifty years ago, sixty years ago, we didn't have buildings like this, but we had anointing, and our ten-year-olds weren't weren't confused about whether they were a boy or a girl, and we weren't teaching sexual identification of multiple ways to gender to our kids in the fourth grade, because the church was on fire for God. Sometimes I wonder if the worst thing that ever happened to the church is that we got prosperous materialistically. We may not have had the best buildings, slap benches, storefronts, but oh, can I tell you, we held back the forces of darkness in this nation. And evil back then, though it was there, didn't have a voice because of the anointing of the Lord that was on the United States of America. When deliverance comes, it always comes when God's people are close to being destroyed. With Moses, it was bitter bondage. With David, it was a demon-possessed king. With Elijah, it was a whole nation that did not know who Jehovah was. With John the Baptist, there was a universal need for repentance because the way of God had become so crooked. And in Jesus, it was people were in great darkness and in the shadow of death. The encouraging thing should be as we look at the condition of the nations right now, it screams one thing, that God is on his way. And there is deliverance in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sunday. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. May God anoint your ears to hear today what the Spirit is saying. May God open your eyes to begin to see in the Holy Ghost. This isn't about names or buildings or personal ministry. This is about driving the forces of hell back out of the earth and setting an atmosphere for the last great harvest that God is trying to bring in. There is no demon strong enough to back us up. There is no devil in hell that's going to shut down regeneration Nashville. There is no spirit that can take you out before your time when the hand of God is upon you. I told you I'm riled up today. Hallelujah. This is something God dropped in my spirit. I was in prayer yesterday morning. I had something else to preach, and God began to drop this in my spirit about deliverance and deliverers. <clears throat> and what God is doing in this house, he's raising up deliverers. And deliverers are not raised up except for one thing, to deliver people from the powers of darkness. So, in all of these five men, what I found so interesting is that they were all prophets. Deuteronomy 34.10 says Moses was a great prophet. Acts 2.29 and 30 says David was a prophet. Several places it talks about Elijah being one of the greatest prophets that ever lived. Matthew chapter 11, 9 through 11 says John the Baptist was a prophet and more than a prophet. And in Deuteronomy 18, 15, Moses prophesied and said, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thy brethren like unto me, speaking of Jesus. So, we now understand, or I hope I want to help you understand why for the last two years, there has been so much focus on prophetic people. It's because a prelude to deliverance, God always has to raise up the office of the prophet because they start in motion deliverance that is coming. This is why <clears throat> Moses could not deliver Israel without being a prophet. Elijah could not destroy the prophets of Baal unless he was a prophet because it took a real prophet to expose and kill the false prophets. And so it takes a real church, an anointed church, in order to deal with a counterfeit church that's in a nation. And right now there is a counterfeit church in this nation that is pulling itself off, saying, look, we are it. No, you're not. You deny the Holy Ghost. You deny speaking in tongues. You deny divine healing. You, divine, you deny holiness. You embrace every other gender. You think it's all right? No, sir. God is holy. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. I didn't write it. God wrote it. If you're going to make a difference, if we're going to turn the world upside down, there has to be a release of a prophetic mantle in the house of the Lord. In all of them, it was 
they were announcing deliverance was coming. For two years, we've been hearing from the prophets, including me, that God was going to do something. But God always waits until the deliverance will bring no glory to a man, and no man can take credit, but only God can do it. So God always uses unusual methods for deliverance. With Moses, it's the parting of the Red Sea. With David, it's the killing of the giant. With Elijah, it's calling fire down from heaven. With John the Baptist, it's camel hair clothes, locusts, and wild honey. And with Jesus, it's commanding storms, raising the dead, turning water into wine, putting gold in the mouth of a fish, and feeding 20,000 people with a small lunch. God has allowed us to wait because most of the church has put their hope in deliverance in a political system. Well, in 2022, you know, the, maybe we can get in there and change things. Can I tell you, the deliverance that's coming to the nations is never coming out of the voting booth. It's coming out of the prayer room. <clears throat> Hallelujah. If it all it took was just a vote, then we don't need God to be involved. We just get every believer to storm the voting booths and vote. Stuff the ballot boxes just like hell did. This is not a natural battle. For the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of stronghold. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. He didn't say vote. He said and pray. Then. I will hear from heaven and open the windows of heaven. So there has to be the prophet in the earth because every time God raised up a deliverer of great magnitude, they were a prophet. Prophets have the ability to see things that a lot of people don't see. And not everything that God has shown me do I tell. Because sometimes God doesn't give it to you to tell it, it's just to protect you. <clears throat> the Lord raised up a prophetic voice in the earth for the last two or three years because he's setting the stage. But the prophets, and you hear me, are not the deliverers. And we're getting in a dangerous place now to where we're more in love with prophecy than we are the move of the Holy Ghost. I can put 4,400 people in the Grand Ole Opry because I stick seven prophets on stage but it's hard to get a thousand people just to come to a regular Fresh Fire conference because we have ears that want to be tickled and we want to be entertained and we want to have sensationalism 
And God is saying, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And thank God for prophets, but prophets are not your answer. They are not your salvation and they are not your deliverer. Then what are they? They are a transition. They are a preparatory for something that God is getting ready to do. So this is what the Lord said in the Old Testament. I think it's in two places. See if I have it written down. In Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 16, 22, and Proverbs 105, 15, the Lord says this. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. So he makes a difference between the anointed and prophets. At that time, the anointed was Israel. They were God's chosen people. And he said, I'm warning you, don't touch my people. And then he said also, do my prophets no harm. Why? It wasn't the prophets that were going to take the land of Canaan. It was the anointed that was going to take the land of Canaan. Nowhere does it say, uh, and 12 prophets went in and spied out the land. No, it was heads of tribes. And when they did take the land, it was the whole nation of Israel that walked in and began to drive the enemy out. Hear me by the Spirit. This move of the Lord that we're in entering into now. Uh, The prophets have prepared the atmosphere for one thing. The church is the deliverer for the last days uh, in this hour. Not prophets, not miracles, uh, but the Holy Ghost uh, church, uh, which is the body of Christ. Uh, You, 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 you. uh, Hallelujah. From one side to the other, you are the deliverer uh, that is loosing uh, the mandate uh, and the anointing uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, in the atmosphere. This is why the enemy hates his church. It's why the enemy hates any church. It makes a place for the presence of the Lord. Because we are a deliverer. Hallelujah. For nations. Maramama Sunday. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Today I put back on the enemy what they've tried to put on us. Yaramama Sunday. Hallelujah for all of you that the enemies assaulted you, stole from you, wounded you, knocked you around, betrayed you, maligned you, lied on you. May the enemy, hallelujah, have the same thing be put back on them that has been put on you. And today I loose, hallelujah, a mandate of God upon you that the enemy have to give back to you seven times what he has stolen from you. That today's saith the Lord, I loose the anointing upon you by the Spirit of God and you shake this thing off. There needs to, I loose a fire of God in your belly that you would get up in the Holy Ghost, shake off those heavy bands and begin to declare enough is enough. Devil, we won't run, we won't back up, but we're coming after you with everything that's in us.
I lose a spirit of offense on this house in the name of the Lord. No more defensive. No more devil, you leave me alone, I leave you alone. No, sir. We are attacking the enemy. We're going after him with everything that he has. May the enemy look and run for help because of the church of the last days. Stand with me. As we begin to change those of you that have came for prayer that have an incurable disease or terminal disease if you want to meet me over here we're going to pray for you we also have baptism those of you are going to be baptized if you would head over this way I want my prayer partners to come this is an unusual service and I'm telling you in the atmosphere that God's going to change some of your lives today by the power of the Holy Ghost Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we're, as the church, our deliverer, that's why I told you what happens to prophets, to the deliverers. They're hated. People are jealous. They try to kill them. Try to malign them. You cannot let the enemy do that to you. If I would have let the devil drive me out of ministry three years ago we wouldn't be here right now I cannot tell you how many times I warred in the spirit wondering God are you ever going to do anything and we had to hold on to the horns of the altar and declare that we will not let the enemy shut us down is that a cry in your heart today? Yes. How many watched our podcast Wednesday on Don't Give Up? I'm telling you, that was a rhema word from the Lord. I got up that day and I had something else and the Lord told me in prayer. He says, go tell them, don't give up. Yada mambaba Sunday. Hallelujah. <clears throat> if you want a prayer partner to pray with you, come on and then we'll come in as a church. There's something powerful about joining hands with somebody in prayer that when they come into agreement with you, God does things. God does things. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sharamombobo Sunday. Praise God. Brother David, come over here. Right over here. been a judge right running for judge <clears throat> and got removed from the ballot by the Democrats because he's a Holy Ghost filled man that's a judge I tried to call yesterday and I missed you but I, I want you to stretch your hands out and I don't know how God's gonna do it but we're gonna declare in Jesus name that Lord put this man back on the ballot God, we need justice. Hallelujah, Lord. And what the enemy, Lord, has done, reverse it in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, God, we declare, set him on the 
bench. Set him, Lord, with a gavel in his hand. And let him, Lord, let great cases come before him uh, that he will change the balance of them uh, because of the power of the Holy Ghost. We got the power to do that. From the balcony and the, and the bottom, come on, let's let's jam it up in here. We're gonna let God begin to release an anointing. Come on, let's fill it up down here. Get in as close as you can. I need you to help me pray today for those that that have disease and terminal illnesses. That we're believing that God is gonna do something supernatural. Hallelujah, Lord. Jackie from Mississippi. She had breast cancer. All right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Jackie, believe God's going to finish this work. Hallelujah. Oh my, just sec. This is Jackie. She had breast cancer and it. It looked like it went away and it's come back. So how many believe we got too many people in this building that God's healed of cancer. So I need you to, to agree with me in prayer. In the name of the Lord, we command this demon of cancer to come out of your body, Jackie. That all from this day on, not one cancer cell in your body according to the word of the Lord. Now, God, we lay hands on her and we declare that she is healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yaramamba Sunday. Pastor, this is Kenneth from Texas. And he has cancer, diabetes, and his bowels hasn't worked for years. All right. Cancer and, and diabetes? Diabetes? Amen. All right. Tell me your name again. Kenneth. Kenneth? Yes. Amen. Amen. How many is tired of seeing people you love being ravaged by sickness and disease? The name of the Lord. Now agree with me over diabetes and cancer. In the name of the Lord, diabetes, we command you and cancer to come out of Kenneth's body. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, <clears throat> just speak the word. Lord, just speak the word and he's whole in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I come into agreement with you that, oh, God, we loose a delivering spirit, Lord, upon his body, from his head to his feet, God, over his intestines. Oh, God, I loose the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, that you performed the work in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Pastor, this is Gwen Wood. She's from California. Stage five renal failure, total blindness. Total blindness. How many know that Jesus just spit on one person? I'm not going to spit on you, I promise. But we're believing in the power of the Holy Ghost. I, in my personal prayer time, I've been praying. I said, Lord, you're going to have to start healing people that are blind to give healing to the blind. 
Hallelujah. How many want to see her healed in Jesus' name? Now in the name of the Lord, God, we loose you demon of blindness. God, I ask you now to loose a creative miracle. Lord, in her pupils, in her retina, in her cornea, hallelujah, God, in every part of her eyes that God will not allow her to see in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, blindness, leave her in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, God, renal failure, we cast it out of her body. Lord, right now in the name of the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, God, I praise you. Lord, confirm your word. Lord, if you can part a Red Sea, if you can kill a giant, if you can chase out leprosy, if you can heal blind Amartimaeus that you did, heal in Jesus' name. Lord, we release it in our body right now in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People that said in darkness, the word says, saw great lights. Oh, God, let her begin to see in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God, we accept nothing but absolute, complete, divine healing. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Blindness, go. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, confirm your word. Confirm your word. Confirm your word. In Jesus' name, be healed by the power of God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Hallelujah. This is Stoney, and she's from Mississippi. Heart issues, heart attacks. She's got a pacemaker. All right. Her legs and her back are hurting her. All from the heart. Come here, dear. It's Amen. All heart related. Her the Bible says, I'll give you a new heart, a heart of flesh. Her name In the is name Stoney. of the Lord. Now, God, from this moment on, hallelujah. God, you're the heart surgeon. Oh, Lord, give her a new heart. All the muscles, the valves, the chambers, the arteries. Lord, every bit of it. The electrical impulses. God, that heart. Give her the heart that she had when she's a young girl. Oh, Lord, from this moment on. God, that she will testify that, oh, the Lord has done something brand new in my body. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Life-threatening what? Okay. Okay. Amen. Claire. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. Now, God, we command this osteoporosis. From this day on, you foul demon, you're going to come out of her bones, out of her joints. That Lord, hallelujah, she came free. God, she's going to run, she's going to jump, she's going to shout under the power of the Holy Ghost. Go, you mocking demon. Hallelujah, Lord, according to your word, according to your word, Lord, according to your word, healed by the power of God in Jesus' name. Praise God. All right, Beverly, yeah. you ready for the Lord to touch you? 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. Now God from all of her body. Lord, I lose the power of God. The healing virtue of the Lord that Beverly is healed in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. God, that when she gets up, she's a new woman in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Baptism back there. Amen. Where are we baptizing? All right, we're going to baptize right here so everybody can see it. I love to watch baptism. Pastor Candy's and my son, John Michael, going to team up. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sharabobobo Surya Sunday.
Amen. Well, you know, when you get baptized, it's scriptural to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so I love seeing that. Um, this is good church, ain't it? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm always thrilled for all God's people. One of the things that makes this a good church is most of us that are here are here because we're just hungry for God. Some of us didn't have a place or we left a dead place and we've been searching and there's life in this house because we're hungry for the Lord. And you'll notice when church starts, we're all here. How many times you've been in church that when church starts, you know, about 30% and they just kind of drift in, drift in, not here. So I want you this week to begin to just begin to believe that God has loosed a deliverance in your life that there's something that's changed because God needs you and you have to understand that the enemy's coming after you so you got power over him make the devil sorry that he touched you make him sorry hallelujah say how do I do that walk in victory just walk in victory so I'll see you Wednesday we got a great service come up next Sunday I love you God bless you till I see you again. Stay strong in the Lord.